Richard Pite here. Glad to be with you on Saturday mornings on WBCK for Community Matters. Brought to you by Lakeview Ford Lincoln. Catch up on episodes anytime you like at battlecreekpodcast.com. We've been spending a number of weeks hearing different voices as it relates to the Marshall Megasite and the pending Blue Oval battery plant project that is, uh, well, so far steadily moving forward. Jim Durian joins us once again from MEDA, the Marshall Area Economic Development Alliance. Hi, Jim. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for coming back. Uh, It has been a uh, process that at times has had some bumps in the road, but uh, we seem to be moving forward. Certain uh, legal decisions thus far have not impeded that. And so that's the status right now. And we certainly know that MEDA has had a key role in facilitating a lot of of what's gone on in terms of of the establishing of the project. What's the role now that MEDA plays, Jim? Yeah, so uh, MEDA's traditional role for Marshall is to do the tourism and economic development for the Marshall area. So we do everything from, you know, putting on Skeleton Fest to now helping develop a multi-billion dollar, uh, you know, the Blue Oval Project. So it's quite an interesting job. Traditionally, with with Blue Oval, we initially did the marketing work for it, working with MEDC to attract a business. And then once Ford um, signed on, we've kind of we've kind of functioned as a developer. So we've helped we played a role in purchasing the land and working with Walbridge, who's the general contractor, to build the site. So kind of the first phase is really building the pad ready site. And so that included like the, the grading and preparing of the site. So clearing, moving tons of uh, earth, uh, delivering hundreds of thousands of tons of aggregate stone to the site, um, creating retention basins uh, for soil erosion. Uh, that's to protect the Kalamazoo River and protect the environment. So all of that kind of work has moved forward and now it's it's basically complete. So the site as is, is officially 100% pad ready. Walbridge general contractor has done a great job. They're they're way ahead of schedule. So really the next phase is kind of like a three-part phase where it is still under a, a contract between Meta and Walbridge. They're going to be paving what they call the ring road, which is like the internal road with within the site and then doing an internal water loop and then also doing extensive landscaping, uh berms and landscaping and trees and that kind of thing. So that part of the project is set to be complete in October of 2024. And then simultaneously with that work is the construction of the manufacturing facility. And so that is set to move forward in August. That's, uh, you know, pouring the concrete and, and setting the footings. And that work is to be completed by 2026 when production will begin. And then the third phase is uh, the third part of that, I guess. Next phase is the utility and the infrastructure work. So that's the the water and electric and gas and roads. So consumers leads the way on the on the gas and electric work. The city of Marshall leads the way on the water wastewater work. MDOT, that's the Michigan Department of Transportation, is is leading the way on the road improvements on Michigan Avenue and access to I-69 and I-94. So as we transition the property to Ford, 
the property becomes Ford's property, that's 740 acres. And then there will be a contract between Meta and, and the future general contractor for the infrastructure work. So we'll still play a role in, in assisting with developing the infrastructure, um, obviously, the, with the city of Marshall taking the lead on that. As we turn over the property to Ford, hopefully Choose Marshall can get back to chicken barbecues and uh, <laughs> skeleton fest and the Christmas parade and the, the, the traditional things that it's, that it's known for. Is this kind of a setup that you just described, is that a typical kind of of arrangement so the the local economic development folks take a, a role in in preparing the site and then i think i heard you say you turn the the site over to ford they they buy it i guess essentially and then uh you still have a role though with with some of the contracting work that's going on i think that's pretty typical in some states they were, were a bit further ahead than michigan so they some states have a site that's already pad ready so that work has been completed, and then the, the company you know, comes in and, and starts to construct the site right away. Some, some states have the infrastructure already built out to the site. Mm -hmm. uh, in Michigan, we did not have that. And, you know, in Marshall, we did not have that. So we're building the site as we go. We're building on the infrastructure and building the facility as, as the next phase. But I think Meta's role is fairly typical as an economic developer. The only unique thing would be building that pad pad ready. I think with some states, they're like I said, they're they're a bit further ahead and already have a have a pad ready site available. So as the the construction continues then and Ford becomes more integral in the interactions there, that's uh, a Ford and contractor kind of relationship then uh, and not so much Meta. Yeah. So once the land is transferred over to Ford, then Meta steps back and Ford takes really fully takes over at that point. So how about uh, the roles you do play? You talked about uh, chicken dinners and skeleton fest and that sort of thing, but you're still involved in in similar kinds of inquiries like the mega site that actually might be peripheral to the mega site. Is there already interest in some of that? Yeah, so the Ford facility, the Battery Park, will create 2,500 direct jobs for Ford. And then we anticipate, you know, based on what they call like a REMI model, that's the, supposedly the gold standard for economic development. And with a manu manufacturing uh, facility of this nature, generally there's an up to four times the job creation that comes out of it. So that would be like ancillary jobs and supplier jobs. So if you think of like an ancillary job, that would be a coffee shop that pops up to serve the new workers at the site. A supplier would be a company that provides um, components to a manufacturer. Um, so like a Magna, for example, is a major supplier in Michigan that provides auto auto components to uh, to the automo automobile manufacturer. So that has been increasing already. So part of our Choose Marshall role, uh, we, we do play an ongoing economic development role, even outside of the Blue Oval. So we have an industrial park, for example. We have a company, Schaefer Industries, that is their family-owned business, their regional employer. They recently joined the Marshall Chamber, and they're in the process of purchasing 30 acres in our uh, Brooks Industrial Park. 
So they mix and supply concrete for projects. So they hope to be part of the Blue Oval project and the MDOT um, infrastructure projects. So they're going to, um, they're looking to purchase property within the uh, Brooks Industrial Park in Marshall. That would create 50 new jobs and $10 million investment in Marshall. So that would include a a concrete mixing facility and an, an office space. So that's some of the things that really excite me, the idea of this Blue Oval project helping smaller family-owned and businesses grow. And so that's that's exactly what's happening in this case. And so we're excited to welcome uh, Schaefer Industries to Marshall. When you talk about the area and trying to entice new uh, business development, how does the Blue Oval project change how you talk about Marshall? It really gives us a, I'm trying to think of the, of the right word, I don't know if anchor is the right word, but it gives us an incentive for attraction that was not there before. It turns around those job losses over the past 20 years and the population decline, it brings those direct jobs back, but it also gives us a, a vehicle to market our industrial park and other properties within Marshall um, to help attract businesses. So it, it really gives us a good story to build around and a reason for to, to bring new businesses, smaller and medium-sized businesses to, to the region. It's not just about Marshall. It's about the really the region is what we're talking about, Battle Creek and Albion and, and Calhoun County. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really benefits the whole region. You talked about that coffee shop example. So if we stuck with that for a second, have you already heard of businesses like that saying, okay, now that, that this is happening, I'm seriously thinking I'm going to open that coffee shop? Yeah, I think you get that feeling from our Chamber of Commerce. So the Chamber of Commerce, the existing small business owners, they tend to be very supportive of the Blue Oval Project because they know that means more customers and more investment opportunities for their business. And we are getting more people that are reaching out, interested in looking at space downtown and space in Marshall to build new businesses. We are definitely beginning to get that interest from entrepreneurs. Uh, There's been some coverage given to uh, some barn moving that uh, has uh, been uh, organized. That's not an easy feat, right? Uh, There's a whole process involved in that. I certainly can remember a distinct interest in barn preservation around this area. I can remember Several years ago on the morning show on, on WBCK, we talked with a group that was was raising money to preserve barns, uh, historic barns. So we've managed as a result of this project and then some legwork that Meta has done to, to relocate some. Yeah, so previous to this job, my experience with barns uh, was, was entirely from watching that barn savers show with the guys that go they i think they saved like abe lincoln's uncle's barn and repurposed it into a house on the blue oval site there were two properties that we were looking to repurpose one was the former glottfelty barns and then the other was the the bear creek farm which has residential properties and several barns on it the glottfelty barns had has some sentimental value for people in the community but moving the barns and bringing them up to code would have cost several million dollars so that's according to a written p- proposal from a, a, a barn preservation expert 
So Meta does not have that kind of funding to move the barns and repurpose them like that. And Meta has never been offered any funding in writing to support moving or repurposing the barns. So in order to solve this problem, we formed an independent citizens committee of non-Meta people. So I was the only Meta person that was on that committee. We did an open RFP process to essentially give away all the properties for $1. The Amish and the Calhoun County Fairgrounds, they responded with proposals. So the Amish were awarded the big barns and they have agreed to disassemble, fix and reassemble those properties on their farm and use the barns for farming, which I thought was a very cool solution that it could be repurposed for agricultural use and kind of live on that way. Um, the fairgrounds were awarded the other structures, the other barn structures that, um, and they will either move or salvage those structures depending on uh, whether they can access funding. They're working with uh, other partners to see if they can access funding to, to, to move some of those structures and see if that would be a good fit for the fairgrounds. And then the, the second property is the Bear Creek property. Like I said, that includes multiple houses and barns. So we're working with community partners, including the current residents of Bear Creek, to repurpose that into a museum and nature center. It's a very beautiful property that runs along a creek, and um, it does have some historical value to it. So we would like to repurpose it and hopefully connect it to a future future conservation trail that will run along the river. So a lot of this is to be determined, obviously. It's kind of just a vision at this point, but we need to raise a lot of funding and support to turn this into a reality. But um, but we've drafted an initial background document that covers the history of the property and uh, put together a draft strategic plan as a next step. The next steps are to you know kind of fix it up and raise funding for it. And hopefully we'll, we'll have a, a nice... Marshall Museum and Nature Center at some point. Admittedly, I'm lingering on the disassembling of a barn. <laughs> that sounds like a tremendous undertaking. Clearly, the folks who are, are in charge of that undertaking know what they're up against. It has been done before. So uh, when I look at it, I think, how on earth do you do this? How do you take it apart and reassemble it. It can be done and it has been done. It's uh, it's very expensive. So in this case, the barn does need some repair work that, so as you disassemble it, you'll have to repair certain parts of it, but you code it, you, you, you put like num a number of coding system on it, and then you, you know, you put it, put it back together. I can understand that the inventory and number all the pieces, but do they really take apart every single board? And it, it, that sounds like a huge undertaking. It does. Yeah. You should have, you should have a barn preservationist expert on. Yeah. I think we need to do that to, uh, to explain how that works. Yeah. We can have that. a barn raising at yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the Amish site. We'll see. Yeah, that is an incredible, uh, an incredible outcome, and I presume the prospect of dealing with that might have seemed equally as enormous. Who wants to pay millions and millions to to move a barn? Were there precedent out there that you could look at and try and mimic? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I guess uh, many of the people that I talked to initially, without a large amount of money, it's really not a feasible thing to do. Um, I think that in the majority of cases, they're repurposed for some other purpose. Yeah. So you would take the, the barn, use some of the wood to turn into a house, or you would use the wood for some other purpose or some other structure, but to actually disassemble and put the same barn together, it's I think it's fairly rare. A small group of experts that can do that. Yeah. Congratulations, because it got figured out. Are there challenges that uh, you're particularly watching, maybe other than the legal case, but uh, the challenges that you're watching as this thing develops that are typical in these kinds of large developments, that the hurdles that we have to get over? I mean, there are always lots of challenges from weather to attorneys. Um, <laughs> all of those types of issues come with the project. I feel good about this one. We're, we're ahead of schedule. Wallbridge has been an outstanding partner to work with in, in this first phase. And we look forward to working you know, more closely with Ford as they, as they build out the facility. You know, I feel we're lucky to have Ford as the company that chose the site. I mean, they're the iconic Michigan company. They're a great company and keeping these jobs in in Michigan, I think is a great thing. I was particularly thinking about things like, I don't know, supply chain issues and, and things of that nature. And we hear some of that now. Has there been any chatter about that kind of stuff? Yes and no. I mean, we're kind of focused on building the site and uh, we're excited to bring the supply chain, you know, back to Michigan is kind of how back to the United States is kind of how I look at it. I think it's a, you know, these are going to be high paying, probably, you know, I assume unionized jobs um, at the site and the facility will be built under, you know, U.S. laws. They're high paid and and uh, we have strict regulatory environmental rules in place. So I think I was, I was really focused on the idea that I don't know, steel girders and things that you might need to to build the the facility. For example, uh, MDOT has been trying to build an interchange at at I-94 and Portage Road in Kalamazoo for a couple of years now. And they it was one of the challenges they had. They they couldn't get steel beams. I presume that uh those considerations come on into play when uh, when you're trying to build a, a sizable facility like this, but Sounds like there hasn't been concern raised about that. Like I said, we're ahead of schedule. Things are things are going well uh, so far. So I don't want to I don't want to think about worst case scenarios. Right, right. We appreciate the update as always, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing news as it develops uh, related to this and and um, and how this area is capitalizing on this potential development. So. Thanks for that update. We'll we'll have you back again. Thanks, Richard. Good talking to you. The committee's ultimate goal is to schedule the referendum. I can't imagine what the set of facts is that would, would stop this at this point. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that they are successful. Instead of workers in China building the batteries, we've got Marshall, Michigan employees building them. We want to be good neighbors. Your go-to on the Marshall Megasite, Community Matters, from Lakeview Ford Lincoln, 8 a.m. Saturdays on WBCK. Catch up now at BattleCreekPodcast.com.